Hello and welcome to May We Recommend, a show where we talk about movies, music, and more. I am your host and I'm joined by Sean. Hey. How are you doing today, Sean? Doing good. Oh, hey. So we're starting today with Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, a 1987 movie by John Hughes. Um, it had a 12-week run and it cost $15 million to make and domestically grossed 49.5. So obviously another hit we're doing. And, yeah, I think... Uh, I feel like everyone's everyone knows Planes, Trains, and Automobile. I could be wrong. I think so too. Well, I think it's like one of the only Thanksgiving movies, right? Like that—that's a plot line. It must be. I never think of it as a Thanksgiving movie. Actually, when I started watching again, I thought it was a Christmas movie. So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, coldness in it. it but yeah, it has to do with the late season. It just feels like a holiday movie. Which I guess is yeah. what makes it a Thanksgiving movie. I think what's cool about it is like it is one of those few that are like, I gotta get home for Thanksgiving. Like that's a thing. You know? Yeah. Home for Christmas, home for the holidays. You're always thinking of the December holidays. Right. You're not thinking uh, you know, like this weird thing that we do where we get together and eat turkey. Yeah, it's the best holiday. Oh, you're a Thanksgiving fan. Yeah, I just like to eat. Well, yeah, I like to eat too. I think it's a weird holiday. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, when I was living in Portland, going to college, I, I we would not come home for Thanksgiving. It's just it was a really long trip, uh-huh. and you know, like was like we'll come home for Christmas or whatever, but you know, birthdays, but Thanksgiving we'll just have it down here. Oh, uh, where were you coming from? For the, uh, what listener? Oh, I, I was coming from Portland, okay. going back up to Washington. Okay, I just thought so, that might be helpful. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, hey, when you were watching this film, did you think it looked really good for how old it is? Um, nothing really stood out to me. Actually, it it looks like you know eighties. Why did something? Well, I, I thought stick the, out to you. The, well, I don't know if they upscaled it on the version I was looking at, mm-hmm. but I thought it looked very clear. Like, yeah, it's dated. I mean, a lot of people with feathered hair. Yeah. Did you? What did you think of Kevin Bacon's cameo in the beginning? Yeah, it's great. I thought I was like, is he going to be in this film? And no, no, he's just racing for a taxi. Yeah, yeah, I, that was very strange. Was he? He was big in '87, right? Uh, yeah, I. Uh... I don't, I is he one that was ever like really big? I guess he was. Um, I mean, there's a game of seven degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon. I mean, yeah, got to be pretty big. You know what I always think about when I think about him is, uh, have you ever seen the River Wild? Yeah, yeah, I have, for, but I don't recall it right now. For some reason, that's the movie I think of. Like, it's not Tremors. It's not whatever else he's been in. I can't think of a lot of Kevin Bacon films, honestly. Well, like The uh, Hollow Man? Yeah. You, that's not, not one, one of your... that I think about a lot. You, you, you return no. to often? No, I don't know oh, that I've actually seen it. The River Wild. That's right. Is it good? Kevin Bacon. That That's a almost a talented Mr. Ripley scenario, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's the killer on the, on the raft. Yeah. Like there's another there's an adjacent family. He kind of weasels his way into their good graces and you know, 
I think they're trying to get away with, I think they murdered someone and stole money. Yeah. That is an interesting film. You know, like, I, I just, I, for the sake of the conversation, I Googled Kevin Bacon to see what came up, you know, his top movies. And yeah. uh, Footloose, obviously, one we didn't name. And then oh, yeah. Hollow Man never... is number two on that. Is it? Third Tremors. Right. It's, it's, uh, none of that's I, the there River has Wild. To be no, yeah. Well, the, the River Wild is on there. No, it's not. It's not in the top. Yeah, Sleepers, like, it, Mystic River. Um, okay. I always, yeah, he's just not one that I ever think about. I can't tell you the last time I was like, oh, I'm going to go watch a Kevin Bacon movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, no shit to him. Of the like, he's great. Yeah, he's not a box office draw for me. You know, like, oh, hey, Kevin Bacon's in that? I'm no. going to go see that stir of echoes. Do you think he's a... I remember Stir of Echoes, but do you think he's a draw too. for anybody? Is there anybody who's like just waiting for Kevin Bacon movies? <laughs> well, they'll There's have gotta to be, be waiting for a while because I don't think he's been working. <laughs> Is, uh, I Hang on. Well, We're going to IMDb for this. When do you think the last movie he was in came out? Uh, well, you said Guardians, right? So mm-hmm. it's got to be like 2015. Somewhere in He's there. He's made a movie this year. He's in two of them. Really? And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, yep, uh, The Toxic Avenger. I didn't even know they remade Like the that. remake? Yeah, apparently. I had no idea Bob they Garbinger. Garbinger. Yeah, no, I I don't know. It, it, he has had quite a film career. Yeah, no, he had, like, he's a legit film star. I just never think of him. Yeah, and I don't like either. you said, they have an entire game where you connect him to other people, and I never think of them. Yeah, you um, know. Um, so to get off the bacon kick and get back into like Steve Martin, yeah. Steve Sorry. Martin is a name that I would go see a Steve Martin movie, but I can't think of too many that he was in any time within the past, like I don't know, twenty years that I would want to see. Yeah. But I, I love watching um, Steve Martin. I think the guy's hilarious. Yeah. I think 80s Steve Martin's kind of, uh, you know, his peak. So, like, three amigos. Yeah. I just mean as far mm-hmm. as his movies go. I'm, I haven't listened to his stand-up in years, but... Um, Did you ever watch Roxanne? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that whole bar yeah. scene where he's uh, dissing. He's coming up with insults. Yeah. Better insults than I, I, this. Oh, I, I'm, yeah, no, I, I love his movies. Like, uh, I first was probably introduced to Steve Martin through stand up and then probably The Jerk. Yeah, I think I was introduced to him through Three Amigos. I think that's probably the first Three, one. Yeah. And did you ever watch Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid? No, is it the film noir? Yeah, it's great. Is it? Oh, I, it's so dumb. Uh, it it has a place in my heart for sure. Huh? I'll check it out. Just okay. I didn't. I didn't watch Bowfinger. No, no. I, so Bowfinger has that reputation, right? Where it's a lot of people say it's the worst movie ever made. Um, is that right? 
Yeah, no, it's got this horrible reputation. In fact, there's a guy I worked with years ago who he had this odd hatred for Bowfinger. No, no, he liked it. That's what it was. He thought it was awesome, and mm -hmm. uh, no one else agreed with him. Well, I'll tell you this much. On IMDb, it has a 6.5, mm -hmm. where his remake of The Pink Panther has a 5.7. Well, there so you go. People clearly like it better than his Pink Panther. Yeah, I mean, that just probably means Pink Panthers. If I were to recommend another Steve Martin movie mm. outside of his classic comedies, I would totally go with Novocaine. I don't even see it on here. Oh, it's the one where he plays the uh, dentist or orthodontist. Right? Yeah, it's a really interesting movie. I like. I think I've seen it, but I think it was once, and it was like right after it came out on DVD. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see it in theaters. I think it's Hillary Bonham Carter's in it. Man, I had a huge crush on her. Yeah, I think a lot of people did until it's she a was really weird attraction. Yeah. yeah, I I got over it once. I realized she's just in every Tim Burton movie, and she started annoying me. <laughs> Well, it's not really her fault that she's getting cast a lot as the same character. Right. And, I mean, to be fair, it's just a dude who's really into his wife, right? He's like, hey, put my wife in it. It's like Rob Zombie with Sherry and... No uh, way, really? Yeah. So, I didn't I didn't realize that Tim Burton was married to her. I believe I so. I didn't know that. I believe so. Same with, uh, what's his name, um... The guy who did, like, he does all the horrible Resident Evil movies, and Mila Jovovich. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why she's in all of his movies. Um, yeah, just married. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I like, like that. Yeah, I think it's really sweet. It just doesn't, a lot of times, I don't think it, it's not, like, in the best interest of the movie. But, you know, I, <laughs> I, I get it. It's like, oh, this is my wife. Yeah. She's awesome. You know? What do you think of uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Oh, I remember really liking it. Um, I haven't seen it in years, but that... I remember being let down by it when I was watching it. Like, it wasn't really my cup of tea, because, like, it was... It strayed so far from, like, some of his other comedies that I was like, I don't I don't get this. Is this... This isn't what I expected. Do you remember where they're, like... They're like out trying. They're trying to out. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember who played his opposite, but they're like trying to out scam each other. Like, yeah, and he, uh, Steve Martin's playing like I think a paraplegic, maybe a quadriplegic though. And so he has that line at the dinner table where he's like, "Do you mind if I use the restroom?" And they they excuse him, and he just sits for a second. Then he goes, "Thank you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't remember. Yeah. No, there's there's a bunch of funny things like where he can't feel his legs, so the other guy like is caning his legs, knowing he can't feel them. And he, then he's so, pretending. So Michael Caine is his is playing opposite him, right? Is it Michael Caine? Yeah. Wow. Ian Mc uh, Dermot is in that, and he's the Emperor Palpatine. Wow. Yeah. 
Now there's a character you should try to play seven degrees with. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it, it worked out perfect because you have all the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I think that's There's what also you were saying. British version of Utopia. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with that. You're not familiar with Utopia? No. I think it might be up your alley. Um, there's hidden messages being passed through a comic book that people don't really believe. It's seen as conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I don't want to give away too much, but give it a give it a watch. Let I've me know what you think. I've never heard of it. Uh, oh. Utopia, U-T-O-P-I-A. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Check it out. May I recommend it? <laughs> um, so, probably uh, get back to, to drive the car. <laughs> okay. You go ahead. Oh, no. I was just saying we should probably get back to playing strands and automobiles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I, I haven't watched the movie since I was like young, really young. Mm-hmm. And I remember not caring for it very much. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it just, I mean, it came out in 87. I was 10 years old. Like, it, it, it just didn't appeal to me at the time. I know that my, my buddy Otis really liked it. Yeah. But, but I just was like, eh, it's all right. But I'm watching it this time around. I'm like, this is a pretty good film. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, it's I, really I thought good. it was a really, really broad comedy, which it has aspects in it but it's almost like a slice of life and it's very earnest i think it's pretty cool yeah i think it's definitely earnest yeah and like uh you know it plays with a lot of themes that i didn't realize like that a heavier movie would have tackled and this movie tackles it and takes it on very well like the whole like classism uh you know the fact that uh, you have Steve Martin's character who is stripped of all his wealth mm-hmm. throughout the movie. He goes from like having like $700 in his wallet, which I looked up because I was like, how much is that from 1987 to today? That'd be the equivalent to having like over $1,800 in your wallet. Nice. Yeah. And so was, that that seemed like a lot of cash to me for now. So like having $700 then, that, that just... I think shows it elevates what kind of status he has. Well, wasn't you he uh, working on Wall Street? He was in advertising. Oh, advertising. Yeah, because remember, it opens up. The film opens up with uh, him needing to catch his flight. Steve Martin mm-hmm. needs to catch his flight, and there's a guy just staring at an ad, and he's got like three ads in front of him, and he's just humming and humming. And he, you know, the tension's building, he's looking at his watch, and then it does like this film noir kind of highlight, everything darkens out, highlights the time of the boarding for his plane. And he's lipping to his friend, he's like, I gotta go, you know, right? I've gotta catch a flight. And then the guy finally finishes up, they run to, he runs to the elevator, the guy's like telling him, you're never going to get at your flight. Then they have the scene with Kevin Bacon where he chases for a cab, trips <laughs> over uh, Dell's trunk that he's carrying. We don't know that yet. Right. But, uh, you know, he recognizes it later on. He trips over that. Finally gets a cab to where he's going, finds Dell there. They meet. He's like, you're the guy who stole my cab. Fight gets canceled. Right. And then uh, I lost my train of thought. 
<laughs> flight, his flight gets canceled. Yeah, his flight gets canceled. And so uh-huh. they have to make like alternative plans. And uh, wh- wh- what happens next after that? Do you remember? Isn't that where they rent the car? No, I don't think that's where they rent the car. I think. No, they, they, they take a train, right? Is it the train first? It's, it's a, been a, it's been a little while since I've watched plane. it. But yes. I, I guess that, that would make the, sense in order of the, the title. Yeah. Did you like that title opening sequence where you, it cuts through planes, makes a plane sound, trains, makes a train sound, and then automobiles. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of gimmicky. I liked it. I thought yeah. it was pretty cool. <laughs> like, it was just a nice little audio scape coming through. Yeah, it's gimmicky, but it, it worked for me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, so it is. It's a train. The train blows up. They have to truck through the field. Then he gets a ride mm-hmm. in the back of a truck where he's freezing to death. That does appeal to a broader audience. Obviously, they do some, you know, Frightwick Frost makeup going on on mm-hmm. both him and the dog, which I thought yeah. was funny. It, it uh, made me laugh. The frozen dog. Makes me laugh. So yeah, but like, I do think that it does work on many levels. It, 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 it and it is like, is it a morality tell? Actually, um, in what sense? Like, um, teaching this guy the value, I guess, because family and uh, friendship. I don't know. Well, I think. I, I, I guess I don't know what the overall meaning is supposed to be at the it, end. Because I feel like he valued his family in the beginning, right? Um, yeah, he did. He just wants to get, to get home to them. them. But he comes to value <sighs> um, John Candy. Like I think it teaches that. him humility and the compassion for strangers. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because when when John Candy comes out and you find out that he's kind of been lying the whole time about his wife and kids, mm-hmm. uh, it's sad. And oh, he never mentions kids. It's just oh, his does wife. he not? No. Oh, okay. Well, his wife. And yeah, that it like softens because the whole it it feels like the, the odd couple on a road trip. It's what the movie it is, is very much the odd couple on a road trip. Yeah, man, there are some really good scenes in that. Like when they are driving in the car the wrong way, they survive. Mm-hmm. They see the flashing of him as the devil. They're going to die. They turn into skeletons, <laughs> and then they survive. They go to collect the luggage and the car sets on fire. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's that's great. So, that whole scene's great. But then when they finally pull up into the parking lot and they get a hotel room and he feels bad and they share it and then they smash the hotel room on their way out. Yeah. And then they speed off and they're going down the road and he's finally transition from wearing just his suit the whole time and you can see that he is going through his metamorphosis and right. he's now wearing you know a puffer jacket and a trapper hat <laughs> and they're singing loudly as like right you know they're they're going down the road and i think they're doing 79 which doesn't seem that fast <laughs> but uh maybe where they were it is so uh yeah, is that where's the point where uh, Steve Martin ends up? He, he starts warming up to him. It's it's there, right? When they're driving the yeah, the, car, is that yeah? It's there. Okay, like they they 
it's right before there. So he trades his watch off for um, the hotel room. And he's like, you, you know, essentially you're going to sleep out in the car. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's in the hotel room. They have two beds finally, you know, and he's, he's alone in there and he's looking out at, out the window and he's thinking and he invites him in and they have a really good time together. Right. They're drinking alcohol. They're, you know, eating chips and they're making jokes and they, they bond in that moment. Mm-hmm. And then that's the pivot. That's the, that's the emotional turn for him. And that's when you see him in a different okay. outfit. That's when you see him going down the road and getting pulled over by the police officer. Right. Yeah. Which eventually yeah, gets him closer. A little bit. As soon as he cuts loose, he gets closer to his home, which is kind of an interesting pacing too. The more of a stuck-up guy he was, the further from home he was. And so as he right. becomes closer to his family, he gets closer to his humanity as well. That's kind of cool. Oh, very nice. I like yeah, that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, I also know, love that. Like, No, go on. Oh, no. Please. I had not finished your thought. No, I had oh. nothing. No, I, I just like the. Uh, um, I mentioned it to you earlier. The movie could have been a solid PG thirteen until that one scene in the airport. And oh. I've been, I, I've been trying to figure out, like, I guess why they put that in there. Like, it, it's funny. He has a freak out and he screams the f word about I don't know twenty times. And part of me thinks that there must have been someone counting and it's like you know this this many uh f-bombs and you get an r rating which i think you're allowed one now i don't know what the yeah um what it was then but as funny as i think that scene is i i i I don't know why it was put in there because it feels like um like a family holiday movie and that Mm -hmm. i i mean i suppose it's still a family holiday movie Right, but yeah, but he drops nineteen f bombs in that one scene. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's like well, nineteen f bombs in, in like one. twenty seconds. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It does and, seem like um, a little out of place. Right, right, because it's not like a gross out comedy, and it's not mm-hmm. like a shot comedy. Though I think that that is what that scene is meant to do. It just it, like as much as I like the scene, it feels weird uh, in the mm-hmm. context of this, of the movie, because to me it feels like it could have even been a PG movie. I mean, <laughs> it, an eighties PG totally could have been a PG movie. It is PG up to that point where they just changed the right. audience for no reason. I think you could have hit a broader audience although like i said i was young and it didn't work on me it didn't work for me like an adult trying to get home to his family was not a child's movie yeah i guess that's true there's nothing about like steve martin and john candy that scream um, yeah like oh man that is so relatable to me as a 10 year old you know that's right uh, yeah so like it it's it is a movie made for adults you know but so why didn't they adult it up prior to that it's just kind of well they did there's there's like an extra three hours out there is there um yeah 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 so there's like an alternative cut to it and like uh (laughs) there's a whole subplot (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> well, no, there's a there's another cut that came out uh, on the last year. Was it's like 25th anniversary or something? I don't remember. You know, like yeah, 23 years or I'm not doing the math. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. But um, it had uh, yeah, in October 2022, they released uh, an extra 75 minutes of deleted and extended footage. <laughs> 75 minutes. 75 minutes. I'm not watching that. Yeah. <laughs> like, but is... I thought that was pretty cool that, uh, like, there's this whole other movie that they made because, like, obviously that's going to change things from it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I know I know. there's a subplot that got cut that was um, his wife thinking that he's having an affair. So oh. I don't like that. I'm not a big fan of that subplot. But when I watch her scenes, it puts it into a whole other movie for her. Sure. When she's acting, she's acting that scene. Right. But when it's the cut, that's never even in there. So, like, she had a whole other movie. Right. You know? Yeah, that had to be weird. weird for her. Yeah. She's putting pathos into her scenes. <laughs> and she gets like five minutes of screen time. You're right. Yeah. yeah. This is like uh, Once Upon a Time in America. They cut it down. Because mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's not a short movie. No. no it's uh, not. By any means. Did you know that's a trilogy? Um, planes, Trains, and Automobiles? <laughs> No, once upon a time in uh, America, um, the once upon a time in Mexico, and then apparently Duck You Sucker is the third in that series. Are you? Are we talking about the same Sergio movie? Leone? Yeah, yeah. But he didn't do Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Uh, I thought he did. Let me look that didn't up. Maybe he, I'm mistaken. Wasn't that Robert Rodriguez? Once upon a time, because once upon a time in Mexico is in like America. Oh, once upon a time in the West. I okay, apologize. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, once but... upon a time in the West. Once upon a time in America. And Ducky Sucker. And then I think Ducky Sucker falls in there. But they're related, like through theme, like thematically only, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you've seen Once Upon a Time in America. It has well, nothing to do with the Wild West. Well, well, right. But, I like, I didn't know. Like, I can't remember. Because it's an epic movie. It's actually, I think, one of the better gangster films ever made. Um, <laughs> you know when Robert De Niro like, wipes the uh, dust off his jacket and it turns from gray to blue? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That iconic scene. <laughs> I'm cutting. Yeah, back. I just, but, I just thought like, but, mm. oh, I just thought like in those two, because these movies are both like insane in length and theme, and I thought mm -hmm. like, wow, was I missing the, like this whole time, like a character whose grand great grandson or something is, you know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know if. No, it's I don't think so. Like, case. it is. It's once upon a time in the West, Duck You Sucker, and then once upon a time in America. Okay. Yeah, and it, it, that's a weird one to fall in the middle. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a trilogy, but it's cool though. I like Sergio. I'm a huge man. James Corbin fan. I I really like that actor. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's in the same face family as like a Lee Marvin. Yes, very much like a lean Marvin. Yeah. The now, face would you put, 
a Lee Van Cleef into that face family. That's like actually who I was thinking of. It was Lee Van Cleef when you said Lee Marvin. Um, I was thinking of Lee Van Cleef was in um, uh, Hingham High, right? And uh, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Played Angel Eyes in that. Yeah. So, yeah. If Primus wrote a song about him, it might have just been Les Claypool on his own. I can't remember, but uh, it's called Lee Van Cleef. It's really worth checking out. Oh, check it out. Yeah. I like uh, but like Primus. Oh, me too. I think they're a great band. I don't know how we're going to get I back to playing strings and automobiles from this. I would be curious to see that cut footage. I, I won't. I, I'd like to see the original, like, um, intent, the original vision of the movie, just to see what, I wonder if, like, I bet that, you know, because I said I had a problem with the airport scene. Yeah. Because it felt too adult in a, a film that just, it feels like, I don't know, it's kind of feels lighthearted, it, you know, except mm-hmm. towards the end. But I bet you... With all that extra footage put where it was supposed to be, the movie feels, uh, I bet you that scene feels more in place. Well, um, yeah, I mean, again, we, we'd mentioned that, or I'd mentioned that it, it's not appealing to children. Like, his other right. movies are totally teen movies. Right. And this is a huge departure from that. And I bet in that deleted footage, you're going to find... A mature movie yeah 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 you know, exactly like from the director of baby's day out you're gonna really expect something <laughs> impressive is that is it the same director john hughes Isn't i think that john was his hughes? last film yeah Did i think that baby's was his last day film out? i'm looking i'm looking is that, that up the right one now. with gary oldman because if it's not i'm cutting this is, it, is that the one with gary oldman baby's day out it's keeping oh there, I just remember there's a lot of child endangerment in that film. G- Gary Oldman, like, he's my favorite actor, but uh-huh. he he's got a string he of bad just choices. Fuck whoppers, just bad films that I think started like no, it's late Joey, 90s. Joey Pantaleone. Just picking. Joey, sorry, talked over you. No, it's fine. I was just trying to figure out because he's in. There's a there's a baby movie with Gary Oldman pretty sure no um, this doesn't have gary oldman it's in not it. the it, one where he plays the, the little person no but it does have joe mantegna laura finn boyle and joe yeah. pantaleone that's, that's a john hughes yeah. movie because isn't that that's like a, a slapsticky movie. movie like oh it's a very stupid movie isn't the baby like yeah mr magooing it through like new york or somewhere probably chicago given right right it's john hughes but yeah, it's um, like a baby yeah. Mr. Magoo. It's a baby Mr. Magoo, and it's it, it's a t- terrible movie. <laughs> it's Mr. Magoo guy <laughs> Oh no, no, no! There's no way I'm keeping that. Uh, <laughs> Come on! <laughs> it's really good. All right. So yeah, no, that was a bomb. Uh, <laughs> uh, that took us down a huge John Hughes legacy. Just, just. Crap the bed here at the end. Come on. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. So, but John Hughes, like, if you look at his filmography, this doesn't have to be in the cut, but 
he's he's got he's he's not dude i guess he i've heard that he was a kind of a recluse mm-hmm. and a lot of his films just have really sensitive um subject matter and they're it's really kind of handled poorly mm-hmm. um, i agree with that like a lot of weird objectification of women that, that is just yeah. i i mean that's i guess it's fine to have in a movie so long as like the way he presents it is really like um it's kind of blase like it's just he he doesn't make a point to kind of uh show you how horrible it is a lot of the characters they just they do these horrible things and it's just like laughed off and um yeah yeah they play they play horrible things for jokes yeah that's true i mean 16 candles i think is the one you're thinking of right uh, or and weird breakfast science club. and breakfast club yeah the, well, there's a i mean the, the, I don't it's three it, biggest it, those yeah in uh breakfast club there's uh, uh i can't remember exactly what it has to do with um ooh, i it, it, I think it just gets kind of rapey, if I remember right. And the way it's handled is just, it's kind of like, no biggie. Um, I don't remember that at all. I rewatched it. I was told by a buddy, because I always remember John Hughes films very fondly, which I think a lot of us did. And I had a buddy Mm -hmm. who was like, you need to go rewatch those because they're terrible. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I did. And I was like, wow. I never cared for 16 Candles. I liked The Breakfast Club. Weird Science was fun, but obviously the objectification of women. And, like, I think that's the whole point of the film. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, Ferris Bueller is a terrible person. That's I've always been made liked Ferris clear. Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a bad boyfriend. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Uncle Buck. I remember liking that quite a bit, but I'm sure it's awful. I can't um, remember the last time I watched Uncle Buck. It was a long time ago. I, oh, yeah. It, I know it had to be. Recently, the most recent ones I saw were The Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles. And Sixteen Candles, that's got some really atrocious stuff. And I'm not like... Yeah, I'm, I'm not even touching that Yeah, one. I'm it, not even it, like super sensitive, but... It's mm. you just when you recognize it's like wow this is like played straight a lot of the stuff they do in it, um, yeah it's, it's pretty it's pretty rough um, but it's well, weird that I mean, he would go from that to Baby's Day Out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I uh, I'm looking up him right now, and it looks like from '87 to 2008 or what they consider his beyond teen movies years. Okay. But I don't agree with that because he made like Home Alone 2. Oh, that was John. He, what was it? Well, he wrote, he wrote okay, Home he Alone. He wrote it. He wrote it. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's Chris Columbus. If I remember at least the first one, I, I believe you're right on that. But uh, he wrote that. He wrote quite a few uh, movies. Like he did pretty in pink. Uh-huh. Uh, great outdoors, Home Alone, Mr. Mom. I liked Mr. Mom. I, I I wonder if it's as good as I remember it being when I was a child watching best, it. Best not to go back to it. That's what I've learned. But did you go back to it? No, I just mean I went back to his other stuff. It's oh, not yeah. good. It's it's like the Lady Hawk thing. I like, like Lady Hawk. 
I do too. I'm a huge fan of Lady Hawk. Mm-hmm. I am not going to revisit it. So, I'm going to let it live in my so head as a good movie. The the worst thing about Lady Hawk, because I'm I'm going to stick by this. The sword fight at the end kicks mm-hmm. ass. There there mm-hmm. are very few like medieval sword fights that stand out as being super cool. Like try and think of yeah. one. Very few. Lady Hawk is really the only one I can think of where you can isolate a sword fight. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a cool sword fight. But the sword fight in the church in Lady Hawk is really cool. The worst yeah. uh, the worst offense Lady Hawk uh um the worst thing it does is the soundtrack. It's terrible. It's it ruins the entire tone of the film. Who does that? Is that hard? Um it no, doesn't that's, sound that's like legend at all. No, uh, legend is no. uh uh, Tangerine Dream. What? No, it isn't. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Right. I believe so. I think it's Starship. It's not. I. It's not Starship. It in is. Legend? Mm-hmm. It's not. I don't. We'll, we'll find out. So, was Legend? Legend was made prior to Blade Runner, right? The reason uh, I ask is when mm-hmm. when Deckard is having uh, flashbacks to the dreams. There's the unicorn, and that feels like it was uh, B-Real B from Legend. Huh? You're right. It was Tangerine Dream with songs and lyrics sung <laughs> by John you. Anderson of Yes, and vocals were added after that by Tangerine Dream. I am not as big as Legend head as you are. I'm... Okay, so <laughs> 1985, yeah. and we've got... Uh... 1982. It just so, feels nope. like be real. Okay, that's crazy. So I wonder if he used footage from Blade Runner <laughs> in Legend. Uh, what Ridley Scott? Because it, it, yeah, yeah, he made them both. What? Let's see what Ridley Scott's up to these days. Walking uh, Phoenix plays Napoleon. Called oh, it's called yeah. Napoleon, and wasn't really hard to look up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Napoleon. That looks cool. Dude, yeah. I like Joaquin Phoenix. I think he's a great pick for that role. Okay. And Joaquin Phoenix was in Gladiator. I wonder if they tie the two together. I wonder if they use footage from Gladiator in Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> like when he's he's having these dreams. Yeah. That would yeah. make that would be so awesome. <laughs> 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 so so I'm I'm gonna go out and say that uh as far as planes, trains, and automobiles go, I I like it. I would you know, I would definitely recommend that film. Yeah. To anybody during November. Any other time, no. You could skip it. You can only watch it seasonally. Yeah, it it, it doesn't feel like it feels like one of those movies that you'd only watch during the holidays. Yeah. Like, like it, yeah, I'm not gonna sit down and watch "It's a Wonderful Life" in June. No, I don't think I'll ever watch "It's a Wonderful Life" again. But I, I well, agree. You're missing out. That's a fantastic movie. I quote it constantly. Yeah. I come down the stairs in my house and I go, "Why do we have to have all these kids? Why do we have to live in this big old drafty house?" <laughs> I was hoping you would have a Jimmy Stewart impression lined up. Oh, I don't. I cannot do a Jimmy Stewart. He's difficult. All. He is. He is. Yeah. 
but um okay goodbye